Kia ora. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to the New Zealand Classification Office podcast. My name is Erica, and I have with us today distinguished Professor Paul Spoonley. Kia ora. Kia ora. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, please? Well, I'm a sociologist by training. What I do is I head up a major research project looking at diversity in New Zealand. It's called Capturing the Diversity Dividend. And so we work with people at Massey University and at Waikato University to look at how New Zealand is changing and what we will look like in 2038. Okay, and I believe that you have seen quite a bit of change in New Zealand this year, not just with COVID, but also obviously with our election. Can you talk us through some of the changes to the landscape online that you have been studying in this area, please? Yes, it's been an interesting year and a very challenging year. I mean, I'm interested in migration and of course that came to a grinding halt. And the irony is that the last year, the 12 months to, let's say, March, April this year, we saw the highest net migration come into New Zealand ever. Uh, That came to a halt. Uh, We've been looking at how New Zealanders have reacted to COVID-19 and all the indicators are that we've got very high social cohesion and social compliance. It's, it's tended to drop as the years go on, um, but it has been very high and it's one of the highest levels of compliance and cohesion anywhere in the world during, um, during COVID-19. And then of course it all got complicated by an election campaign. And, the, and, and COVID-19 has had a major impact on, on our election and how it's been carried out. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there's obviously some anxiety and some people have tended to be deeply sceptical about the pandemic, to call it a pandemic, and to see a conspiracy in action. So, you know... <laughs> What's disappointing is to see these fringe and often far-right views begin to appear, particularly during an election as we've seen this year. Mm. Can you give us some examples in a New Zealand context of how you've seen this play out in our media, in in the run-up to the election within politics? I think the most obvious example is in terms of the arguments of a group like the Advanced New Zealand or New Zealand Public Party where you have people like Billy Tikahika, who has adopted a very strong QAnon position. And it was very disappointing to see a political party, and in this case, Billy Tikahika, um, advocating those sorts of arguments. I think the media have been really good in picking apart and analyzing and sometimes criticizing these beliefs because they are beliefs that are not based on scientific evidence. But unfortunately, they do target individuals, they do target particular groups. And so it's that that rise of really the politics of vitriol, the politics of hate towards some groups, which has been deeply disappointing. Mm. In your opinion, how have these ideas uh, ended up in New Zealand? What is the level of international cross-pollination? Well, I think we began to get a real sense of that international cross-pollination in 
2019. And if, if there's an example, it would be the uh, mosque shootings on the 15th of March. We, I think, have been a bit naive in New Zealand in thinking that somehow we were exempt from, in this case, uh, white supremacist terrorism, or in the more negative impacts of the online world. And I think it was a huge shock to us when we had those mosque shootings and we began to realize the ideology that motivated the shooter, the way in which the shooter was um, self-radicalized online, and the way in which these politics of hate and of terrorism then involved New Zealanders and 51 people died as a result. Another stage to that, I think, has been during the election campaign this year, when we're getting the transplantation of particularly American ideas to New Zealand. Ideas about a sort of free speech, a particular sort of free speech, about guns, about um, the possibility that Muslims and Islam is trying to take over, somehow that there's a great replacement occurring, that the whites are being outbred, that the state is involved in a conspiracy. And uh, for the people in QAnon circles, they saw Jacinda Ardern and the, and the Labour-led government as being a front for communism and particularly Chinese communism. So there's these conspiracy theories that have arrived in which some political parties on the fringe, on the right hand on the right wing fringe, have um, distributed, contributed to, articulated some of these QAnon arguments. Mm. And what do you think the risks are to not just everyday New Zealanders, but also New Zealand society as a whole in terms of buying into these sorts of conspiracy theories? We're going through a very difficult set of circumstances. I mean, uh, the COVID-19 has really impacted upon, I think, the confidence of societies, um, some of the social dimensions, and of course, the economic dimensions. So we're facing a very difficult period. And the crisis, the pandemic crisis, the early stages of it, have caused a great deal of uncertainty. And as a result of that, anxiety. And under those conditions of anxiety, I think people look for an answer, a simple answer. And what some of these fringe parties do is offer that answer in a compelling way. And of course, what you can do is you can go online and there's all sorts of sources that seem to back up the conspiracy arguments. And quite often people don't realize quite what's being argued. They're not sufficiently media literate to understand what it is that they're seeing. And some, because of the economic and other difficulties they're facing, are highly suggestible. They want to know and they don't believe the experts, the health experts, the government, um, perhaps the government departments. And so they're looking for alternative sources of information and these online groups provide them with that. That's one element. I think it begins to reduce the trust and cohesion of our society. It also is a result of some of the, the hate that comes through from these groups. And it's a spectrum. Sometimes it's what I would call soft hate. So it's just being dismissive of people because they're Jewish or Muslims or Maori or, or, or whatever. 
But in other circumstances, it says, well, they shouldn't be part of our society. Uh, they shouldn't be allowed to do this or that. Um, they're going to introduce Sharia law. Therefore, we should not build any Muslim mosques in this country. We shouldn't allow Muslims to practice their religion. They should be encouraged to leave. And then, of course, there's another stage in which violence is threatened. When it gets to that, I think you begin to undermine the respect that should be part of our core institutions, particularly our politics, where even when we don't disagree, even when we disagree with somebody else, we don't threaten them. And of course, it also undermines the well-being and the safety of the groups that are being targeted. And when a group let's say members of the rainbow community, the disabled, um, somebody who's from a minority ethnic or religious community, somebody who's an immigrant, are attacked in a direct way, their individual and their community safety is undermined. And I think, for me, the undermining of the safety of any individuals or any communities is a threat to all of us. And so we should have a view on that and we should work to make sure that even while we disagree about things, we do things differently, we have different belief systems, we should maintain the well-being and safety of all our communities and individuals. So you've seen it in the United States, you've seen it in the civil disobedience, in the riots, you've seen it in the online attacks, you've seen it in the threats that have been made, and it would be deeply disappointing to see those sorts of elements and culture come to New Zealand. And so that's my concern. Hmm. How do we safeguard against that, do you think? I think there are a number of elements. One is leadership. I think we need, uh, I'm not simply talking about our political leaders. I think we need leaders from right across the spectrum to come out and say, politics of hate, the politics of prejudice is simply unacceptable in our society. I think we need good policy settings and some of that might involve legislation, although I would always argue for education before regulation. And I would certainly like us to have some legislation concerning hate speech, so at least it gives us guidance. I would like a agency, possibly a government department, possibly an NGO, who is able to tell us what's happening in the community in terms of these attacks, in terms of this hate speech, so that we understand. For many of us, it's invisible because we're not targeted, but let's hear from the people who are targeted and let's have somebody who collects that information and makes it publicly available so that we know what it is that we're facing. Uh, we should have something who, some agency that acts upon that. So it might not be um, prosecution, by the way. It might be negotiation, mediation, it might be education. And so we begin to address the concerns, and particularly when it concerns people who are being attacked, and how can we get better understanding and more respect. And the final thing I think is around literacy. 
a lot of the information we get has moved online. A lot of the debates and a lot of the arguments I'm talking about have moved online. The online world offers us some really powerful tools and some positive outcomes, but also some negative ones. And I think it's really important that we make sure that our communities are sufficiently placed to know what it is that they are accessing online. And that requires literacy. It requires them to exercise judgment, to know what it is that they're seeing, to know how to double check or fact check something, and to know you know, that they have got various sources they could access, and some of them are more authoritative than others. And so you can see it in something like the vaccination arguments. You know, there's the evidence, the scientific evidence is absolutely clear, but there are some in the community who don't believe it, some in the community can access online sources which support their prejudice in this matter, and we really need all of us, all New Zealanders, to understand, particularly when we get a COVID-19 vaccination, how important it is that all of us be vaccinated. So that's a public education exercise, but it requires media literacy in order for people to engage mm. and to understand, particularly what's happening online. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great answer. Well, thank you for your time. That's all right. You're welcome. Well. Thank you for listening. For more information, please see the Classification Office website for more detail.